0: Hey guys, we're at 69 followers on Spotify, so fuck yeah. But the MMT crew was not able to get together this week. Shit happens sometimes, we just have different schedules, but we're going to keep the consistency going. And so what we decided to do was to put out something that I've worked on for a pretty long time, even before Rita was in the picture. And it's a series of interviews with... Success people who I consider successful brown folks in the media and entertainment space, but they're not the people that you usually hear about. They're not the Priyanka Chopras of the world. They're not the Kumail Nanjani's, you know, all, all those people, though hopefully, you know, one day I'll be able to interview people like that. But anyways, these are more the people who are behind the scenes, people who like really have credible resumes, just crazy, crazy things that they've done um, in the, you know, media entertainment art space, but that you may not have heard of. And so, because I've been fortunate enough to meet these people while I'm pursuing my own creative you know, goals or professional goals, I was able to get them to sit down and, and talk to me and we'd have really long conversations and what ended up happening is I realized nobody wants to listen to shit for like an hour and a half and so we cut them down. Uh, me and Ria cut them down into about 20, 25-minute segments and I offered some commentary and we thought, hey, people might like this um, It helps flesh out the background of some people you may not have ever heard of. So Rhea composed the music, Kush mixed it. It's basically an MMT episode before MMT even started because this was always the initial goal, which was to put on the stories of people that I really wanted to hear about, people that I thought would have changed my life had I known that they existed when I was younger. So this first episode is about a guy who I'm— thinking you may not have heard of um, because it was baffling to me when I first heard about him. His name is Arun Pandian. He was a guitarist for Lauryn Hill. He played on the Miss Education album. Uh, he has a studio out in Dumbo. He's a really cool fucking guy. And he's got a very long, long, long history in the music business. He's played with Nas. He's played with Santana. Um, he played with Lauryn Hill. Um, and so I was able to sit down with him. That's the first interview. The I'm not going to lie, the audio was a little shoddy because I was just learning. I was like, hey, we can just do this on the iPhone. And later interviews got a lot better. And there were a lot more interviews that we actually conducted um, with some pretty awesome and well-known people. And so I guess the one thing that I can't stress enough with this particular episode, uh, this particular interview, is the feedback. If you like this, if you enjoyed it, if you didn't enjoy it, if you hated it, just reach out, you know, direct message any of us. I'm at Cali. Say, Rhea's at Rianjali Music, Kush is at Kush Parm, and let us know how you felt about it. And if you did like it, then we'll release more. Whenever there's a chance that we have that we're not just like sitting around bullshitting as we usually do on our episodes, we'll put out an interview. Um, And I think that could be really cool, Um, but it doesn't work unless... You guys let us know how you felt about it. So anyways, without further ado, let's get into this interview. My first guest, a longtime friend of mine, a producer, guitarist for Lauren Hill, and the original Brown engineer, except no substitutes, Arun Pandya. So Arun came up in Texas. He's basically dealt with the same things that I think a lot of us dealt with, which was being the only Indian person in the school, you know, not really coming up around too many of them he picked up an instrument somewhere along the way it was a it was a guitar in this case although he did have to learn piano just like the rest of us and he stumbled into playing for lauren hill and he played on her album on the miseducation album on a hidden track called tell him which he wasn't credited for but in case you don't believe that he actually played or and or worked with lauren hill he then went on tour with her For about two years, he played at the Grammys, he played on MTV, he played everywhere. He's worked with artists like Nora Jones, Nas, Santana, and he's most recently, I guess over the past few years, transitioned into being a studio engineer with a really amazing spot in Dumbo. That's the short of it. I'll let him tell you in his own words what he does.
1: My dad's first cousin, who I call my uncle, was living with us, Mm -hmm. and he played guitar, and so from early on, uh, I would watch him play guitar in our house, and Uh I'd be super into it, and um, I started trying to get, he would have people over to do music or whatever, and I would try to let them take me seriously or whatever and try to get in on it, and Mm -hmm. I didn't really know what I was doing at the time. But um, the real thing that got me hooked on music, well, a couple things, but one of the things was MTV. Sure. So I used to watch four hours of MTV <laughs> probably every day. I was completely mesmerized with it. I wanted to be like the people on it. And um, that really, just those videos and watching those artists express themselves, That really kind of like got me hooked.
0: So this all sounds fairly normal. We all can probably say we watched our fair share of MTV or just regular TV growing up. And I'm sure it had influenced us all in a variety of different ways. So I think it's fairly accurate to say that TV wasn't just an escape for a lot of us when we were younger, but it was kind of the only place we could see what the culture outside of what our parents wanted us to see was.
1: Being Indian, my parents definitely controlled my life and, like, how I dressed. Coming from India, they're more conservative than they needed to be because they were trying to hold on to whatever they had had in India. And uh, so in school, not only being in Texas, I was also the like, in a lot of schools, the only colored person in the building. Mm-hmm. So being different, being a nerd, being like not cool. Um, I quickly figured out that if I was the best guitar player in the school, nobody messed with.
0: Okay, so let's pause for a second. He's a nerd, check. He has really conservative parents, check. And he's pretty much the only colored person in school, so it makes him feel weird. Check. This is all starting to sound very familiar.
1: It just got me attention that I'd never gotten before, and then it started to become my identity. And I remember one time I was in high school, and it looked like a complete dork. If you see my yearbook, it's just like this, you know. um, And... I was in the lunchroom, and this kid who had been at the school and had been a guitar player and musician who I didn't even know at the time because I was still, like, a freshman. Yeah. Um, he came into the cafeteria with one of his old friends who was a senior at this time, and they were kind of, like, cool and badass or whatever. And, yeah. and the kid who used to be at the high school came up to him. And I saw them, like, talking. He was like, who's, like, the best guitar player in the school? And his friend, who was cool or whatever, like, pointed across the lunchroom, this dorky Indian kid. And the guy who was who graduated looked at him and laughed because, you know, it yeah. just didn't look like <laughs> it would be. And um, the other guy was just like, got scared and just kind of was like, no, 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 like he actually isn't like, don't mess with him kind of thing. Yeah. And I was just in my head, I was like, yeah, that's right, bitch. I and have you were a
0: freshman.
1: Yeah, and I was a freshman. That's so awesome. A, I wouldn't have gotten that overhand, but it just made me feel so good about myself uh-huh. and gave me this identity that I didn't have to go to any of the parties because my parents would let me
0: right. go to them anyway. Right. That's like, I feel like that's like a story, like they would make a movie out <laughs> of. You know what I mean? Now, if that isn't the most 80s shit you've ever heard, like just 80s Bollywood Shah Ruk shit. You've ever heard. My dude's just, like, the only cool Indian dude in the lunchroom with the guitar. And, like, the guy who's graduated from high school comes through and gets fucking shook. This is a movie plot right now. And so all this tells me is that I wish I had paid better attention to what my parents had said when I was younger. Which was, Kunal, learn how to play the piano. It'll take you everywhere in life. It'll make you look good when you apply to college. If I had just, you know, focused and learn the fucking piano like they told me to, I might have been the cool kid in the cafeteria with the synthesizer or something. They
1: started me on piano, and then I just <laughs> was never into it. I wish I'd stuck with it now, looking uh-huh. back on it. But, um, and uh, my piano teacher had a guitar sitting in the back and mm-hmm. she never like let me play it or she never, she was like, oh, if you practice your lessons this time, you'll get to play it or whatever. I just always wanted to do that, but I actually wanted to do drums and my parents were just like, no way. It's no way, to too laugh. noisy.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: So then um, it just ended up being the guitar.
0: So we can pause there for a second because there's a lot of different types of guitar styles that a person can choose to go into. You know, there's classical guitar, there's blues guitar, there's jazz guitar, there's so many different types of guitar styles. And I was curious, what was the one that Garun chose?
1: I started out playing classical guitar.
0: Okay.
1: Um, and then I kind of made the transition and trying to figure out what kind of guitar I wanted to play, what kind of music I wanted to play. And mm-hmm. my first classical, actual classical lesson with an actual classical teacher, um, they spent the entire lesson on my fingernails and like trying to get them shaved in exactly the right way and how to get the sound all perfect. And that kind of made me realize, like, oh, so like if you want to be good at classical music, you can't play anything else. It took me a long time to learn in any field, is that you gotta you gotta pick your lane.
0: Yes. So take that, you model slash singer slash third grade teacher slash MUA slash dog walker slash photographer. Sometimes you gotta pick just one thing and be a master at it. So let's talk about it then. How did Arun's mastery of the guitar? lead him over to Larnell.
1: I was, you know, in college. I had gone through like a really bad breakup that left me pretty effed up for like a year. Mm -hmm. And then a friend of mine called from Dallas and said, hey, uh, Wyclef is in Dallas and he's promoting uh, his new album, The Carnival. He mentioned on the radio he's looking for a guitar player.
0: So what does Arun do then? I mean, his friend told him that a celebrity is looking for somebody to join his band and that he's going to be at the club. So Arun's like, hey, I'm going to just pack my shit up and go to the club because, of course, the celebrity will want to talk to me.
1: We show up at the club and it's like, you know, 10 o'clock and there's like five people there. And I'm like, wow. I was like, there's nobody here. Wyclef shows up, I'm going to be able to meet him. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. And then 11 o'clock rolls around. Still like five or six people. And then 12 o'clock rolls around. And then they make an announcement over the club that Wyclef came into the parking lot, was pissed that there was nobody here and bolted. Oh, shit. So I was like, ah. We go back to her place and then we start calling hotels. Probably called like 20 hotels and then we gave up. And then I asked her, did you call the turtle at mansion creek which is a five-star hotel in dallas mm-hmm. and she's like Nah, i didn't call that place i said like, we should try that one so she calls it and she says can i be connected to black cloud Jean's room please and they said hold on and so we were like holy shit like they're connecting to his room that's where he's named yeah and it's under his name
0: yeah that's and, and that's the crazy part i was part, just gonna right? say it's under his it's, name it's that's amazing name.
1: he picks up the phone by now it's like two in the morning and he's like hello he's asleep and she's like uh, hi, my name's Shalini, and you know, I have my friend Arun here, and he's guitar player. And we're on the radio, he's looking for a guitar player. And he's <laughs> like, Call me back in three hours. And so she hangs up, and we're like, Oh, we should go to the hotel.
0: Okay, it's at this point that I'm going to speed up the story for you. So Arun and his friend get over to Yclef's hotel. They proceed to then try and call Yclef from the lobby, because clearly they don't know what room he's in. So a security guard comes with them to walk over to a payphone. They call the front desk of the hotel they're currently at, and they ask for Wyclef. They're connected to Wyclef. He fucking wiles out at them over the phone, and Arun's friend starts crying. Then they go back to the front desk because they're just like, we're just going to leave a note for Wyclef. That's the whole thing wrapped up for you. So here we go again.
1: i the desk and I say, oh, sorry to interrupt. Can you just put this in Wyclef Jean's box? And now this guy's totally confused because I said I had a flat tire and now I'm leaving a note for Wyclef Jean. Yeah. And the guy he's talking to who's standing next to me, this guy like turns to me and just like looks at me and I look at him and I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. And I hand him the note and I start to bolt, like walk out, I start to leave. And the guy standing next to me goes... Kids, you want to speak to uh, Wyclef? We were like, yeah. And he was like, I'm Michael Hill. And that turned out to be Lauren's uncle. Oh, wow. He was the road manager. So we told him what happened. He laughed, thought it was funny that we woke up Wyclef and pissed him off. (laughs) And then he said, I didn't know he was looking for a guitar player. So, but I gave him my information. He says, we'll give you a call in three days. We're going to Arizona.
0: So this just goes to show that an opportunity can present itself and you have to be able to seize it. They came to the hotel at three in the morning, got berated by Wyclef Jean on the phone, and just happened to be standing next to Lauren Hill's road manager at the front desk asking for Wyclef. Needless to say, even through this meeting, nobody called for a while. So Arun had to stay persistent
1: later he calls and says oh if you want to you know try out for Wyclef, send me a demo and at this time I had never recorded anything really I didn't even really know what I was doing so I dropped out of school for a week I'd gotten like a Roland 16, uh, VS-880, which is like this little digital recorder that you have, tr- it had tracks and effects and stuff from back in the day. Yeah. So I just like put some breakbeats on it and started playing bass and what I thought was hip-hoppy. Put guitar on it and then took it to a studio to have it mixed. I didn't know what the hell was going on or what they were doing. I was just like, I just need this mixed. And they gave, it to them. they gave it to me on a CD. What did they charge you back then? I had no, idea. I'm, <laughs> what I'm charging now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then so I sent it, FedExed it. And I said, like, I left a message on the answering machine because, hey, this is rune, I'm a guitar player. I made a demo. I sent it to you. You know, please let me know what you think. Even if you don't like it, I could really use the feedback. Love to hear your thoughts on it.
0: No big deal. So I can't stress hard enough how flaky music industry people are. And it's not because they're bad people. They probably are good people. But they have so many things going on at one time that things fall through the cracks. Uh, so you can imagine, Arun just met Lauren Hill's road manager. Uh, the dude called him, told him to submit a demo of his music. But that doesn't mean anything's promised yet. Weeks later... But
1: like, hey, it's Arun. you know, just wondering if you got my demo, <laughs> you know, trying to figure out what's going on, you know, right. help me out. And so I kept calling him every two weeks, leaving the same stupid message, and I did it for six months. I gave up in like December-ish. January rolls, well, New Year's goes by, then mid-January I get a call. It's like, hey, uh, this is Michael Hill. You know, uh, White Club's not looking for a guitar player, but Lauren is. Send another demo. So, dropped out of school for a week again, <laughs> <laughs> made a completely different demo. In the studio. They mixed it, send it back. When I was on the phone with him the first time he was, li- or that time, he was like, she's going to start rehearsals in April and the tour starts in May. So you'll know by then, which is his code word for like, you don't need to call me if you don't hear back from me. Right. Yeah. Right. But I called him. So every two weeks for the next six months, I called. I gave up in June. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like mid-June, like late end of June, he calls and he says, look, if you want to come try out, you can come try out, but it's on your dot. So I was like, I have to fly myself up there. And I basically at that point in time, I was like, OK, what have I got to lose? So I drove back to Dallas, showed up at my parents' house. And yeah. My dad's like, hey, what are, you, what are you doing here? I was like, oh, you know, I'm a, there's this artist named Lauren Hill. Um, I'm going to go try out for They want me to fly up to Jersey. I have to pay if I get to go try out for yeah. this big artist. And he was looked at me and he thought for a second, he's like, well, at least it'll be a good experience. Experience. Just
0: a lot of Leave it to Indian parents to have no perception of a momentous thing that's about to happen, like of just incredible pressure, and like maybe they should be supportive for just a second. But you know that's not going to happen. And that, that actually brings up something that happened later on in the interview that was so fucking true. That was just insanely eye-opening that Arun says that I I didn't even realize, so pay close attention to this story that he's about to tell.
1: Being Indian, anybody can say anything to you. Like, any parent can talk shit to you, and you're just like, okay, uncle, okay, auntie. Right, right. You just take
0: it. That's interesting. That's very true. I was in a
1: a plane randomly with some, I was sitting next to an uncle. He starts asking me what I did. He finds out I'm a musician. He's like, why didn't you, you know, do this or do that? (laughs) I told my son, he wanted to play clarinet. I said, no way. And I'm just like, sitting here, the whole plane ride was him berating me
0: truest shit you've ever heard right (laughs) like he didn't even know that dude that dude didn't even know him that's the truest shit ever like i can be walking around patel cash and carrie and if some auntie is just walking the aisle and she asks me what i do with my life i better damn well fucking say something that requires an advanced degree or she's gonna throw a fucking eucalyptus leaf at me so now back to the back to the story
1: so basically I went over there, rehearsed with them for a week. And then at the end of that week, Lauren was basically like, well, you have to go now. And I was like, yeah, I have to get back to like school and like life and stuff. And she was like, okay, we'll let you know. Wow. I went home. And then this is like July and didn't hear anything for a couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden I got a call from Michael Hill and he says, you got the gig.
0: So it's like six months of calling every two weeks and not getting an answer. Followed by another six months of calling every two weeks and not getting another answer, followed by flying out on your own dime in order to rehearse for about a week, and then going back to school and not hearing anything for a couple more months until you're just about to graduate. This is a lot of perseverance and determination.
1: Went to the Bursar's office, and I dropped the fuck out of <laughs> I drove back to my parents' house, and my dad was like, hey, what are you doing here? And I was like, so... It was what? a good experience. Yeah. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, so you remember that gig I tried out for? He was like, yeah. I go, I got it. To this day, the look on my dad's face when I said I got it, his mouth just went like that, and I just... I was just like, yeah, that's
0: right. And so he did it. He went from being that brown kid from Texas who was just a badass at the guitar... To now just somehow finding his way onto the miseducation of Lauren Hill. To being uh, interviewed, essentially, by Miss Lauren Hill. That, she had been through 200 guitar players, I was told. And
1: so, like, I had just kind of hacked my way into auditioning because they had just <laughs> run through everybody else. Basically, we're well, like, you need to find somebody. And the ma- uh, Uncle Mike, who was her tour manager at the time also... Basically was like, well I got this kid who's just blowing up my phone. Right. It won't stop bothering me. Let me just call him because it's like he didn't know who to call at this point. Yeah. It's just weird how shit like that falls into place. I
0: mm-hmm. mean So the tour was dope, right? Excellent.
1: It was excellent. Yeah. Was great. Amazing. Yeah, it was killer. She was great.
0: Were you the only Indian person there, like in the oh, yeah. band, anywhere around? Like was what only was Indian that
1: person like... Anywhere in <laughs> Felt like the country at that <laughs> uh, Yeah, there was nobody Indian. I came to find out later they, they thought I was from uh, Trinidad. Oh, okay. But there's Indians in Trinidad. They just...
0: Yeah. Did it ever, like, work against you, or was it just always no. kind of cool? It kind of worked for me because they wanted somebody out kind of, like, worked out. Were they ever, like, Arun, what's, like, the best Indian food in this city? Yeah, yeah, that kind they of thing. Yeah, yeah, did yeah, they yeah. did do- that. Okay, So, awesome. like,
1: it was different because it felt like I didn't know many Indian musicians that were in America, like, mm-hmm. doing something. There was, like, Kim Thale from Soundgarden at the time. And then when I come back to Dallas and see all these Indian people that had, told me my whole life that, like, I shouldn't be a musician. What they call me, they call me a millionaire or, like, a rich man. Like, these <laughs> uncles would come to and hey, millionaire, how you doing? And all of them knew me because I was playing with the girl from Sister Act. Yeah. So that was, they, they thought, like, oh, he's famous. He's playing with the girl from Sister Act. Cause they all, That's a trip. Yeah, man. it's so funny. So it was it was crazy being that. Everybody knew in the Indian community who I was at the time. You know, because mm-hmm. it was just, like, people knew people. And they were like, oh, there's this Indian guy. I was yeah. playing for her. And But it didn't really affect me in any, like, business sense in the industry.
0: So if you think Arun playing for Lauren Hill is just like the biggest case of luck ever, he's also worked with Santana and Nora Jones. Also Mary J. Blige, Nas. So playing with all these people, one has to wonder, what was the high point? Being
1: on SNL was really great. Hmm. Being on my dream, which I'd said I'd watched MTV four hours a day, mm-hmm. what I really wanted to do was be on the VMAs. which. I don't know if they mean anything now because nobody watches them. I didn't even know one had happened.
0: Right? Yeah. That's. But, and it's
1: like, but at the time, that was... they were like, big though. That yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was huge. And It was like, and it was what I'd grown up with. And mm-hmm. so being on that was. It was at Lincoln Center. Um that's And, and so it was just. It was crazy. And Chris Rock was the host, I believe. That's and then, awesome. Like, um, it, and then David Bowie introduced us on stage, and like, so it was. It was that was like the big thing. And then the next big thing was playing on the Grammys and singing next to Santana and those kind of shows. And then like getting to play like Madison Square Garden. Yeah. or getting to play like Wembley and you know, these places that are just like at the top of the top. The apex, places. Yeah. yeah. the biggest show was like playing in front of like 250,000, like these kind of things where you're just playing in front of like, you can't even see the end of the audience. Yeah. That kind of, so those kind of like things stick in my head is like stuff that I got to do that was just like, holy shit.
0: So we've heard about the Grammys, SNL, the VMAs, playing with Santana, Nas, Lauren Hell, like just all these amazing, amazing experiences. But it can't last forever, right?
1: When I first was on tour with Lauren, um, I saw that the guys who were my age at the time, I was in my early 20s, mm-hmm. and the band of my age, and half the band was my age now. And uh-huh. now I'm in my 40s, early 40s. Right. So those guys who were in their early 40s had played with a lot of famous people. And a lot of them were not very happy. I was like, wait a minute, this is my dream. This is what I had been watching on TV and watching all these guys on stage. And I thought like, oh, this is what I want to do. And Mm -hmm. and they played with artists that I would have killed to have on my resume. Right. And they weren't happy. And I was just like, why aren't they happy? Why isn't, (laughs) what was, that doesn't make any sense to me. Mm They are living the dream. Like they're touring. And then I realized that like tours come and go, money come and goes, because you get like a lot of money and then you have no money for like a long Mm -hmm. time. And I noticed that their family life wasn't that great because they were never around any family, and I'd grown up with such a strong family, and some of them had kids in different places, and they were jaded for being treated as replaceable, which, at the end of the day, that's what I really realized, that you're replaceable. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody was buying a Lauryn Hill ticket except for my friends to come see me, necessarily. Your, your role is to play the music, mm-hmm. is to play what's on the record, and so a lot of people can play that role. They're halfway decent. It got me realizing they're like, oh, I'm not really that important here and oh by the way I've just been playing on tour for two years and I haven't worked on my music I'm not in a band and I haven't put out a record and I'm too tired to even work on my stuff right and then it kind of made me realize like oh um I don't know where my career is going after this but if I do this for another five years and put out two or three records that I like and I'm touring a band with a band for no money that I'm in and it's my band and to go back to that that'd be something to you know they'll be proud of mm-hmm. And if I have to go be an engineer or a lawyer or whatever else I have to do after that, or yeah. go to business because I graduated a finance degree, fine, but at least I did me.
0: Yeah, but thought- he's on the tour, and he realizes that he could end up jaded. He could end up not even loving the music that he's doing anymore. You know, he's not working on his own stuff. He's just touring, and yeah, it's a massively successful project. But what about him? You know, so he decides to kind of go behind the scenes instead starts you know figuring out that he likes turning knobs and like mixing essentially and so he comes to new york and he opens his own studio and that's what you find him doing today and even that is pretty you know kind of avant-garde for that time like he's a brown studio engineer who owns his own studio back when that's really unheard of and his parents rear their head once again
1: so even then, at that point, my parents were still trying to like intercept and be like, "So you know that whole thing you did, that was great, that was cool, was fun." I'm like well, now, why don't you? Uh, my parents you know, are still like, "Oh, else? we could we could yeah. send you to
0: the islands." I'm yeah, exactly. like, "I'm a lawyer. Yeah. What are you talking yeah. about? Like that's insane." Yeah. They still do that. So yeah. I, I feel it. Yeah, like... it's a constant
1: thing. That's the one thing that's held me back is that I didn't have anybody to guide me. Even my parents, just they have no idea. Right. So in some ways, I hold it against them that they don't fully support things. they, they wouldn't even know if I was a good guitar player. <laughs> they wouldn't know if I made a good beat. Or like if I, they, to, all to them, it's like, well, are you making a lot of money from it? Is it on the magazine? Is it on this? Right. Oh, then it must be successful. So, well, if it's not, if it's successful, then why isn't it? Like, it doesn't matter to them that like people that I work with respect me. That are uh, that are artists that I respect. Yeah. And are artists that other artists respect that famous artists respect them and they're not even that successful you know what i mean like i'd rather work with those people than get their respect than like you know some you know what i'm saying like they don't know those artists and they don't know how well respected they are in action you know by other musicians
0: they don't have like a baseline by which to compare yeah yeah so if they don't
1: see me on a tv show they just think like oh well it must not be going that well right you know what i mean they need they need those kind of traditional goalposts Mm -hmm. and so you can't really blame them they don't really have that ear for it and they don't really have
0: I have to admit that a lot of times I also feel the same way that I blame my parents a little bit for not supporting me when I was trying to do something totally left field, something that they, you know, that they they didn't know. It all really comes with perspective. There's no way they could have known that even if I was writing the best raps, even if I was making amazing songs, there's just, they don't have any comparison. And so it takes some time for you to realize because nowadays i don't blame them as much that lack of support is kind of what made me into what i am Um, it made me persistent It, it made me incredibly dedicated to sharing the plight of brown people of doing something different of showing that we are capable of something different and had they not pushed back on me so much maybe i wouldn't have been as persistent maybe i would have just let the cards fall as you know as they do but in addition to me being persistent it's also dawned on me you know and this realization has come with age that luck plays a huge part in all of this in everything
1: I think anybody that is successful at anything even business even my dad has said luck is like half of it but if you're not prepared for that luck it doesn't do you any good the quote that my mom always had on the fridge from Harrison Ford basically when he went to LA to be an actor he went there and he just decided that he wasn't going to leave on the bus and give up he was the last person like there like after a certain point you're just hanging around and you're meeting people and you're making connections and you're working hard if you just stay around long enough people are going to be coming and going you're the one guy that's like everybody kind of knows at a certain point. And if you're actually good at what you do, shit will happen.
0: Yeah, shit sure will happen.
1: And I, and I wish I'd known this younger that, like, if your parents don't really know that or really understand that, if you're really good and really work hard at anything, stick around long enough, put yourself out there and make connections, you will get somewhere. It yeah. might not be where you thought you were going to get. In some way or another, things will fall in line because you've stuck around long enough and you're working hard. But if you don't work hard, you're definitely not going to get You're it. not setting yourself up for the luck to even happen. Okay. If I've been around here for 10 years, of course something's going to happen after 10 years. I feel like people not Talk
0: about it all that because people are always like, no, I grinded and my hard work and it's like, yeah, absolutely that that's definitely a part of it. Mm-hmm. But then like, no one ever wants to be like, also a fair amount of luck went into that. Yeah, and I was prepared. Yeah. when the luck went my way. Yeah, and you have to, but you also have- so clearly luck, persistence, hard work, dedication, talent, training, all that had come together for rune and he was able to capitalize off of that. And he made it onto an amazing tour. And, you know, he turned it into a full-time career that he's still pursuing to this day. But I wanted to know, did he himself think he was successful?
1: I'm very happy mm-hmm. with what I'm doing. A lot of things are... Hap- like, I've I'm keep- glad that it's happiness to you. Yeah. yeah. A lot of things... It kind of has to be. I mean, this business is so up and down. And it's so the place. And I mean, even me, like, I'm doing a multiple things. And you kind of have to do... Multiple things to just even like stay afloat and stay sure. relevant and and um, you know I'm still studying I'm in the NYU doing stuff and like you, you have to just keep yourself feeling like you're moving forward and, and even actually moving forward you know yeah. what I mean and so in that way I feel like I'm successful I'm, I'm still learning I'm still like, around.
0: Survivors is the brainchild of myself and Rhea Bowman, where we shine a light on the lives of successful brown creatives you may not have heard of before. We conduct and edit all interviews, Rhea composes the music, and our friend Kush mixes it all down. There's no training to this, it's all grassroots. If you know anybody that we should feature, if you want to help, reach out, simple as that.